Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. We're going to do some excerpts from the Amidah today. The Amidah is one of the biggest portions of the traditional Shabbat service, and we don't usually do it because it takes quite a while, so I'm only going to do some excerpts from it. They're really beautiful excerpts, so I chose these ones because it's Shabbat Shuvah, which really means it's the Sabbath of return. It is the Shabbat between Yom Truah, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur. And so that is why we call it Shabbat Shuva, because this is the time when we are shuving, we're teshuva, we're practicing teshuva, returning to God. So Shabbat Shuva is the Sabbath of return. So we're doing a little bit of extra today. So if you guys can see this, I'd love for you to read it with me. The Avot is one of my favorite prayers, actually, in the Shabbat service, because it points to Yeshua. All the ones that point to Yeshua, right, are my favorite. So let's read this together. Eternal God, open my lips that my mouth may declare your glory. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, and God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, the great, mighty, and revered God, God Almighty, who bestows loving kindness, creator of all things who remembers the loving kindness of the patriarchs and brings a redeemer to their children's children for the sake of his name in love. O King, helper, redeemer, and shield, blessed are you, O Lord, shield of Abraham. Amen. B'Shem Yeshua. Adonai sifat haitiftach ufi agitehilatecha. Eternal God, open my lips that my mouth may declare your glory. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu. Velohe avotenu, Elohe Avraham, Elohe Yitzchak, Velohe Yaakov, Ha el Hagado, Hagibor, Vehanora, El Elyon, Gomel Hasadim Tovim. Vikone Hakol Vizoher Haste Avot Umevi Goel Livne Vene Hakol 
למען שמו באהבה, מלך עוזר ומושיע ומגן, ברוך אתה אדוני, מגן אברהם. The next one I'm going to do is called the Kedusha, Sanctification. You'll recognize some of this as excerpts from this are from the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel. Nekadesh et shimcha ba'olam Keshem shemaktit shimo tov yishmei marom Kakatu v'yad neviecha Vekara zel zel ve'amar Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzivaot, Melocho Haaretz, Kivodo, Adir, Adirenu Adonai, Adonenu, Madir Shimcha Bechol Haaretz Baruch Kivod Adonai Mimkomo Echad Hu Eloheinu Hu Avinu Hu Malkeinu Hu Moshiheinu Vehu Yashmiheinu ברחמיו לעיני כל חי, אני אדוני אלוהיכם, ימלוך אדוני לעולם, אלוהייך ציון לדור ודור. Hallelujah. <laughs> האל הקדוש, ברוך אתה אדוני, המלך הקדוש. And special, very special, we don't usually do it on Shabbat morning, but it's special for Shabbat Shuvah. We sing about how the Lord has given us his Shabbat as a day to be refreshed. Actually, let's read this one together. Blessed are you, Adonai, the Holy King. The people of Israel shall keep Shabbat, observing Shabbat throughout the ages as a covenant for all time. It is a sign for all time between me and the people of Israel. For in six days, Adonai made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day, God ceased from work and was refreshed.
and how beautiful that the Lord has allowed us to join him in that refreshment. Vishamheru b'nei Israel et hashabat et hashabat la'asot et hashabat l'dorotam berit olam b'ni uvein b'nei Israel. Ozi leholam beni uvein bene Israel. Ozi leholam kisheshet yamim asa Adonai et hashamayim ve et haaretz uvayom. The last one we'll do from the Amidah is the Ritzay. I also love this one because you know my heart for my people Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and I think most of you are here because you share that heart. You not only love the God of Israel and recognize that you have been either grafted in or grafted back in, but you have a heart for the Jewish people to know their Messiah, and we all have a heart to see his return to Zion. So let's read this together. Accept Adonai, our God, your people Israel, and their prayer. Restore the worship to the inner sanctuary of your house, and their prayer in love and favor receive willingly. And may the worship of your people, Israel, be ever acceptable to you. And turn our eyes again to see your return in mercy to Zion. Blessed are you, Adonai, who restores the Shekhinah to Zion. Amen. Amen. Israel Israel Shifo <laughs> 
בחינתו לציון, לציון, And let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 31 and also Luke 15. Praise God. Father, we just thank you so much for this time of worship, this time Shabbat Shuvah, Lord, returning Shabbat, returning Sabbath, Lord, this time of year that we're in. We thank you for the fall, Lord. It's just beautiful. To, we're, we're grateful for everything, Lord, grateful for where we live, that, grateful for the time that we have. grateful for a morning that we can breathe and live and praise you because all we know is we have is right now so we're grateful bless the Lord O oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name amen Deuteronomy 31 the parsha where Suzanne read earlier we started there we'll, we'll go over there but Shana Tabada everyone happy new year still uh, And there's a couple thoughts I have. One is from Luke 15, because we're in the Shabbat Shuvah uh, time, uh, returning Sabbath, which is this, and I thought this is kind of a cool title, he never got to finish verse 19. He never got to finish verse 19. So, you know, if you wonder what that's about, Luke 15, 19, the lost son, the prodigal son, never got to finish verse 19. Verse 19. He never got to finish his rehearsed speech, his confession, his proposal that he had for his father. And I love that. His father never let him finish the confession that he had for him, his, his offer, his proposal. And we should never want people to have to finish their confession. If we do, there's something wrong in our hearts. If we want to see people really dig into, really dig into regret and dig into, uh, oh, how horrible they feel, and, you know, feel, you should feel worse about what you did to me, and we, that's something wrong. We should be like God who says, I am past that. I remember your sins no more. I forgive and forget. In uh, Psalm 103, he, Psalm 103 says he, he doesn't, well, actually, Uh, Jeremiah, in the New Covenant, he says he will forgive our iniquities and remember our sins no more. Hebrews 8, 12, Hebrews 10, 17. And uh, says, who is a God like you who has compassion? Praise the Lord. It's an amazing thought. And I just love the, love the story. And, uh, but let's look at the parasha because there's some great thoughts here. And I think that relate to our vision at Kol Dodi and what we are called to. And really not just us, but the body of Messiah. really in Nashville, I believe, uh, and we're a part of it as a Messianic Jewish body. Our part is very, very, very important, really is very significant. <clears throat> so today between, uh, as we know, it's Shabbat Shuvah, we're in the Yamim Noraim, the days of awe, ten days of awe between uh, Yom, uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And so look at verse, it's interesting in verse Let's just read verse one. Moses said, went and spoke these words to all Israel. He said to them, 
Oh, Father, we just pray you open our eyes. Gal Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your Torah. Open and speak. B'Shem Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. He spoke these words to all Israel, and he said, I'm, how old? 120 years old today. Anyone here 120 years old? I'm 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. So the Lord has said to me, you're not to cross over this Jordan. And the Lord has told him now, the Lord your God, he will cross over before you. He'll destroy these nations before you. And Joshua's going to go over before you. So he's going to, you know, get Joshua ready. But, and then down in verse 14, he says, the Lord said to Moses, behold, your time to die is near. Call Joshua and present yourself at the tent of meeting. So, 120 years. And the Bible says that when Moses died, listen to this, in Deuteronomy 34, 7, when the time for his departure came, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor gone. Amen. Amen. Right. So, I just want to say, we can be very used of God until our time to depart. Is that clear? You can be very used of God, completely used of God, until your time to go to be with Him. Don't say, oh no, things gotta, are going to all break down in me. and you know, It doesn't have to be that way. I don't believe that. It doesn't have to be that way. Don't say that. Paul was. Paul was greatly used of God in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. We won't read the verses. In Acts 20, verse 25. But Paul was until his departure, was greatly used of the Lord. Peter was, 2 Peter verse, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, greatly used until the time that he departed. So our minds can be, still be sharp, our memories can be sound, and our bodies can be healthy. By the grace of God, as we follow the Lord, as we trust the Lord, but we'll believe the Lord for the best. I love this. I wanted to share with you. I heard just part of an interview with Nick Saban, University of Alabama football coach, right, who's, you know, world famous because they have the best football team in all the world, right? Anyway, but Nick said he's in an interview with uh, Bob Costas, who's Jewish, and he's being interviewed, and Nick Saban is just about, he's going to be 71 in a month, and doesn't look it. And he said in this interview, he said, I don't feel it's time, he was asking, do you think you're going to, should stop coaching? Do you think it's time for you to retire or anything? And he said, no. He said, not at all. He said, I don't think it's my time to leave. He says, I love, because I love what I'm doing. He says, I love what I do. And he said, I understand others that they may have a lot of other people that have, you know, they have a lot of things that they want to do in life. They haven't had a chance to do, so they want to retire and do those things. He said, for me, I I don't have a lot of other things I want to do. I love what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm content doing it. I thought that was a great spirit. He also said that he's seen other people that have stopped, you know, doing what they, you know, like doing and fade, um, fade away and spiral, you know, downward when they, when they retired. So he said, uh, you know, he's not planning to, he's going to continue doing what he's doing until his time to stop doing it. And so Ben Gibbard's words of the song, a song I used to play every resurrection time, but I used to play Soul Meets Body by Death Cab for Cutie. And uh, during resurrection time, and, and in Ben Gibbard's words, he said, uh, I do believe it's true. I do believe it's true that there are roads left in both of our shoes. And so as long as there are roads left in, in your shoes, you know, 
do what you're doing for the Lord. Don't let others dictate your time to move on. Uh, Psalm 31.15 says, my times are in your hand. My times. Let's say that. My times are in your hand. My times in Psalm 31.15. Our times are in the Lord's. Listen to the Lord and listen. If he tells you to move on or move into something, do it. The point is to listen to the Lord and obey him. Listen to him. And, obey him not. and he may speak through others, by the way. He may listen to when others, he's speaking through others, and, but he also he may not be speaking through others, you know. So you need to listen to his voice however it comes. And now in, as we move on in Deuteronomy 31, verse 9, we learn that, verse 9, Moses wrote down this Torah, ha-Torah hazot, and he gave it to the Kohanim and to all the elders. And verse 24 says, Now when Moses had finished writing the words of this Torah, hazot, ha-Torah hazot, this Torah, on a scroll, right to the end. Right to the end. Ad tumam. Let's say ad tumam. Ad tumam. It's, it's a beautiful phrase that means until it's finished. But the Kohanim and the elders were to read it all aloud together publicly to all Every seven years during the sabbatical year, uh, during the sabbatical year on Sukkot, and people didn't have remember, of course, personal Bibles, uh, except their cell phones. That's all they had was their cell phones. The Bible on cell phones. All right. So collectively, was the only way that people could hear God's word was to assemble together, assembling together. It, you know, there's no replacement for getting together. You know, there's no replacement for that. I know people, so many people have got, got used to Zoom during COVID period. Listen, it's just not the same as Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together. And you know, you've got to see panim el panim, as I used to keep saying, you know, face to face, because there's something special about getting a hug and about just uh, being w- with one another, you know. And I understand if, if you can't do it, you know, but... Uh, so thank God, you know, that we have that vehicle, that, the, venue, the vehicle of, of uh, streaming. But uh, collectively was the only way in those, think about it then, to hear God's word. And imagine Joshua did this after defeating Ai in Joshua 8, verses 34, 35. And they did it in Nehemiah's time in chapter 8, verse 3. It says they did it, they read that word of God, the scriptures from the first of the light until midday together. They were doing it. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, the word of Messiah, Romans 10, 17 says. Now, now the Torah was, just for history's sake, eventually divided. The Torah itself the, it was divided into 156 portions and had a portion read on each Shabbat in the synagogue so as to cover the whole Torah in three years. I don't know if you realize that it was initially over a three-year period, not one year. Uh, in Babylon, the custom prevailed to completing the whole Torah in the course of one year and eventually became the rule throughout the diaspora. Selection from the prophets, the Haftorah, early accompanied the Torah lessons on Sabbaths, festivals, and fasts. Now, sadly, some of the Messianic passages, like Isaiah chapter 53, were intentionally left out. So we consider... As believers, as Messianic Jewish believers, as the Messianic congregation, the Messianic congregation, we consider 
as Messianic family, the Torah, the prophets, the writings, and the New Covenant scriptures to be the complete Bible, having divine authority. The Bible is not still being written, just to be very clear. The Talmud, Mishnah, and Gemara, rabbinic legal rulings and stories, which are rabbinic legal rulings and stories, the Talmud, is not co-equal to Scripture. Great rabbinic discussions, pilpul, mighty midrashim, are not Scripture. Neither are fine Christian authors and preachers. They're not Scripture. They can all help us. All of these things can help us gain insight into the text. And they can be very useful. They can help us make sense of the of the text and apply the text in our lives. But they can never equal the scriptures, the text, or replace them, right? So just to be very clear on that, that's how we view it. So memorize scripture. There's no replacement of the word of God, is there? Hide the word of God in your heart, right? Again, uh, Sabina Wormbrand, I heard her saying it, or still hear her words. I was in a place like this size, hearing her speak, her and her husband, and Richard Wormbrand say, and she said, hide the word of God in your heart where no man can take it from you, you know, and hide it in your heart in Psalm 119.11. Hide it. Memorize the scripture. Recite it aloud to yourself and to one another. It will keep you as well as it will prosper you. Revelation 3.10, because you kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world, he says in Revelation 3.10. The Word of God will keep us and protect and enable us to go through whatever we have to go through. You won't go through it without the promises of God, without the Word of God. You won't get through it. Uh, write this song, verse 19, it says, 31.19. Write this song. So write this the scripture, write the Torah, write this Torah. Now write this song, Hashira Hazot. Hashira Hazot. You want to say that? Hashira Hazot. Write this song for yourselves and teach it. It never ceases to amaze me that there's no limit to the amount of songs that can be written. Do you ever think about that? So in a sense, like, music is eternal, like, you know, because you can always, there's always something, a, a new song that can be written. A song is meant to communicate content. It's supposed to communicate from God's, as God, how God's created, to communicate content. Uh, now, we live in the songwriting capital of the world right here. And that's a, that is a responsibility for us that God has put us here. I really feel that. God has put us here, and we, that, that, that means influence. That means for better or for worse. For worse is singing about how many beers I can drink and, and, and <laughs> sorry, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. Listen, it can be for, for better or for worse, but it, why write a song? Because you can't help but remember a song. The lyrics are embedded in you through the melody and they remain in you. As I, I've said before, and you can say it about some of the songs you heard before you were saved, I, I wish I didn't have every Beatles song still in my head, you know, still memorized. You know, they're, all, all, they're still all in my head. The Hebrew says here in verse 19, he says, says, write it and put it in. He says, teach it in. It's in the children of Israel, in their mouth, in the mind. Composer Aaron Copeland said, the quickest way to a person's brain is through his eye. 
But even in the movies, the quickest way to his heart and feelings is through the ear. Elena Manis in The Power of Music says, music uses more parts of the brain than any other function that we perform. Music has so much potential to change the brain and affect the way it works. Daniel Levitin, neuroscientist and musician, says music listening, performance, and composition engage nearly every area of the brain and involve nearly every neural subsystem. I remember when we lived for five years in uh, southeast Florida, and I worked for a period for Hospice by the Sea, and, uh, and I developed a program uh, called Music and Memory, working with hospice. And uh, I was doing it part-time, and it was amazing to go into these places and to be able to use music, just bring my guitar, and I brought a CD. I, said, I remember during different holiday things, and a lot of Jewish people, a lot of, you know, all types of people, but, but many Jewish people in those areas too. And I would play songs on the guitar and then play on, and, and it would be amazing. People that had Alzheimer's and to see them get, get you know, active and remembering things and just the, get, you know, all the amazing effects how people would respond to music. It was amazing. So the music memory course was really for the teachers of it that would people would be working with with the patients as well but then I'd go work with the patients myself so it was really so much fun loved it uh, this scroll so this scroll Hazot HaTorah Hazot and this song Hashirah Hazot uh, Moses and Joshua were both to write it it's interesting it's maybe like Nashville songwriters often co-write a song the rabbis deduced from this that each Israelite should write for himself a copy of the Torah. I remember recording a bo- the book of Colossians. I've shared this before. Uh, years ago when I was a young believer, I would start recording on a tape recorder, you know, cassette recorder in those days, you know, and, and uh, record going through the whole book of Colossians, you know, and, and this guy was hammering upstairs, you know, and so I'd have to keep stopping it and starting it again, you know, and then all of a sudden I realized, I looked back and it was at chapter 2, verse 14, where it says that he nailed all of our sins to the cross, you know, and having blotted out our sins, and I said, praise God, you're giving sound effects to my recording, you know, this is great, Lord. He says, put it in their mouths and let them know it, you know, so they can know it by heart. So if, you, if you've never done so, maybe you want to try writing out or recording a book of the Bible, memorizing Scripture. I encourage you to do it. Uh, singing passages of the Bible. Uh, again, I know, I, I know many of us, I'm sure, have done that. Composing songs, writing from the Psalms, putting a song. The Psalms were all, of course, originally songs. They weren't just read. They were sung. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of of England, writes, Words are the language of the mind. Music is the language of the soul. Music is is central to the Judaic experience. We do not pray. We sing the words we, we direct toward heaven. Nor do we read the Torah. We chant the weekly portion, each word with its own cantillation. The same prayer may be sung to a half a dozen different tunes depending on whether it's part of the morning, afternoon, or evening service and whether the day is a weekday, a Sabbath, or a festival, or one of the high holy days. Music is the map of the Jewish spirit, he said, and each spiritual experience has its own distinctive melodic tonality. The Torah is God's libretto, and we are his choir, the performers of his 
choral symphony. And though when Jews speak, they often argue, which is true, when they sing, they sing in harmony, he said, as the Israelites did at the Red Sea, because music is the language of the soul. The Torah is God's song, and we collectively are its singers. Beautiful quote. So Paul says, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3, 16 and 17, let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yeah, there we go. Singing with gratitude in your hearts to the Lord, to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So verse 24 and 30 of Deuteronomy 31 says, Moses finished writing the words of this Torah on a scroll, and Moses spoke the words of this song until they were finished. Until they were finished. So this is a phrase, ad tumam. Let's try that, ad tumam. Ad tumam. Ad tumam. It means right to the end. It's translated in the TLV, right to the end. Or it can mean as far as completion. Tumam means ceasing, till nothing more is required. So let me just say, we have the Word of God in abundance. We, as Americans, as Nashvillians, we have the Word of God in abundance here. We live in the music songwriting capital of the world. We have a mantle to take the Word of God through song to the world. We really do. As a Messianic Jewish congregation, we have a mantle to take it to the Jewish world from Nashville. How far? Until the end of the world. Ad Tumam. That's how far. That's how far. Until the end of the world. How long? Until the work is finished. Ad Tumam. Ad Tumam. Let's say it. Ad Tumam. Ad Tumam. Yeah. Until every tribe, everyone's been reached. Until nothing more is required. That's what it means. Tumam, until nothing more is required. Until everyone has heard. And the mission is completed. Ad Tumam. Let's take the, take the message. Now the word and the message that we have to bring to the world is one of forgiveness. It's one of celebration from life, uh, life to death. You know, life to death. And in Luke 15, that's the story of the prodigal, the prodigal son, the lost son, oftentimes called the prodigal son, because we see that message, the end of the story is in verses 23 through 25. They said, let's celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. That's the message of the good news is that you pass from death to life, from coming to know Messiah. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate, it says, and he heard the music and the dancing. This uh, parable called, the, you know, in Hebrew it would be the parable of the lost son, Mashal Haben Haoved. Mashal is parable. Haben Haoved, the, of the lost son. You know, it's, it's such an amazing story. As I said, he, if you look at this story in verse, it starts in verse um, 11 through the end of the chapter, the uh, two sons that the father had, we all know it, but I don't want us to hear it like we know it, to think of it like we know it. I want you to go home and read it like you've never heard it, never read it before. 
You know, I, when I went to Bible college, the pastor, the le leader of the ministry, worldwide ministry, he was always, he would be really strong. I loved it. He would say, he'd say, you never heard this before. He says, you, he says, don't look at this like you've ever read this scripture before. You've never read this before. You've never heard it before, you know, and it would kind of drill that into our minds. So we'd, so we'd say, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, I've got to really hear it fresh from the, so the Holy Spirit can make it new to me, you know. Uh, like a, the scriptures are like a diamond, you know, like you turn it different ways, right, and you see it. And, uh, and so, so think of this, uh, this, this way. And this is such an amazing story. The son wants his, you know, he says, I, I, want, I, wanna, I wanna get out of here. I wanna get out of Dodge City, you know, I wanna leave. And he, asks, he insults his father wanting the inheritance early, you know, before his father's passing, which would, you know, be an insult really uh, to his father, very insulting. And leaves, and you know what happens in, he squanders his inheritance in verse 13, uh, gathers everything, travels to a far country among the, the Gentiles, the nations, squanders inheritance, wild living, and spent everything, severe famine. So he joins himself to the citizens, and he's feeding pigs. Imagine a Jewish kid feeding pigs. Uh, nothing could be lower than that. You know, nothing could be lower than unclean pigs, and he's, that's where he is. And he's longing to fill up on the carob pods. Anyone eat carob pods? They're terrible. It's like the poor man's food, you know. He had them in Israel. That the pigs were eating, but no one was giving him any. He didn't even have, people wouldn't even give him the, the worst food. And God's even having people being, being mean to him. Everyone being mean to him. God's closing every door, shutting everything up on him. And so he comes to his senses, verse 17. He finally, it's like, a, you know, that's what has to happen. He wakes up. And this is for Teshuvah. He's going to return to his father during this time that we're looking. He's going to come back. And so he realizes, he says, wait a minute. I'm on a wake-up call. I could come back. I don't have to live this way. Even in my, go back to my father and, and I'm dying of hunger but my father's workers have everything. I could even just work for my father. I don't even have to, you know, come back as a son. He says, I'll go up and look at verse 18. I'll say to my father, go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your presence. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he gets up. He does it, gets up, and he goes. So this is his decision to return. And when he comes back, and you know the story, the father sees him a long way off as if he's already looking, always looking out for him to come back, sees him far away and comes and runs and embraces him. And there's a lot of things we could say about it, but, but, but he comes and kisses him and embraces him and, and, and he starts his confession. I've sinned against heaven and presence. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. But the father interrupts him. It's the, Hebrew, the Greek word is, you know, but the father said to his slave, it's like now, uh, you know, moreover. Like the father interrupts him, doesn't let him say, finish his, his, whole, his whole spiel. Doesn't let him finish saying, I want to make me one of your high work. Never gets to say that. He says, quick, bring him the best robe. Imagine he smells like, pit, like hogs. And he says, put my, you know, gorgeous robe, my robe, put it on his smelly body. Yeah, the ring and everything. Put it, you know, do this to him. The, kill the fatted calf, which is very expensive, very cost, and celebrate with the feast. He was dead. He's come back to life. He was lost. He was found. They began to celebrate. And what an amazing 
thing. You know, before they call, I will answer. Isaiah 65, verse 24 says, and while they're yet speaking, I will hear. God was more, was more eager to forgive, and God is more eager to forgive than we are to be forgiven. You know, that's what I, what I see. Don't you see that? God is more eager to forgive than we are even to be forgiven. And I should be so eager to forgive people, to see someone restored, than they are even, even than they, and if someone has sinned against me, uh, do I have to wait for them to finish their spiel? Do I have to listen? They have people have to make a decision to return, and I can't restore someone unless they repent, unless they return. But I still forgive them in my heart. God has already forgiven sins through Messiah. He's already borne the sin in, in His body, so I have to already forgive in my heart. And that's, that needs to happen in your heart and my heart before I even see the person. God has already separated our sins as far as the east is from the west in Psalm 103. He is born. Yeshua bore all that sin in his body on the tree, and he became sin. He took it. And so it's, it's not the issue. People won't be in hell be, really because of their sins. They'll be in hell because they didn't embrace the provision for their sins, Yeshua. They didn't em- embrace him, you know, and the, the Son of God. So I shouldn't want people to finish their paragraph <laughs> and finish their confession. I shouldn't ever be that kind of person. And uh, Hosea 14 says, Return to the Lord. Return to Adonai your God, for you've stumbled through your iniquity. Take words with you. Return. You know, the story continues, as we know, about the elder son. The older son, the older son was angry. The reason that Jesus told the whole story, Yeshua told the whole story, was because of the Pharisees in the... Uh, beginning of the chapter that were critical of him, welcoming sinners and eating with them. The older son certainly was was uh, similar to that. By the way, One for Israel has a great little lesson on this. You can go to One for Israel, which we always we support financially and always recommend. Uh, do a great job in Israel uh, reaching. They have a, a great lesson on the story. So he's angry and doesn't come in, but the father's extending his grace to him and saying, don't, don't be upset over my restoring your brother. He says, I, I'm here for you too. You, don't have, you shouldn't be upset over it. I just want to close and say this. Who really empowers Teshuvah? Who, really, who is the one that empowers this? Well, God is the one who even turns us back to himself. He's the one that gives us the power. Lamentations 5.21 says that he turns us back says, turn us, hashivenu, turn us, and we shall be turned. God is the one who draws us, and we run after him. In Song of Songs 1-4, uh, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. In Romans 2-4, it all starts with God. It all begins with him. He initiates to us. It never starts with us. It starts with him, and we respond to him, and then he responds to us in Zechariah 1.3. The Lord says, return, and he responds to me, and he restores me. So the psalmist prays in Psalm 80 and in Psalm 85, three or four times. He says, return us, turn us, O God. Restore us, O God. You have to do it. Restore me, and I will return, Jeremiah 31.18. I love it when Paul says in Galatians 4.9, he says, you've come to know God. And then it's like he corrects himself. He says, or rather, you are known of God. You came to know God. He says, or rather, God knew you. It all began, really begins with him. So, Lord, we thank you that on this Shabbat Shuvah, Lord, that everything begins with you, Lord. You have the power to turn us. And you are the one that empowers us, Lord. 
We respond to you. And so we do that today. It's up to us to respond to you as you call to us. And you're calling to us now, Lord. We wouldn't be, listen- we wouldn't be hearing this if you weren't resp- calling to us. We thank you, Lord, that you're more ready to receive us than you're waiting for us, Lord. You're ready, waiting to forgive, waiting to show mercy, Lord, ready to restore if we will humble ourselves. And, you don't, and that you don't need us to finish our sentence or our paragraph, Lord. You are so ready to forgive and restore, Lord, if our hearts are humble and broken before you, Lord. And help us to be in, as you are toward us, toward others, Lord. Help us have that same spirit toward others, Lord. Not wanting people to grovel in their sins, not to grovel in huge, lengthy apologies, to wait to prove themselves over a long period of time or something like that, Lord. But help us to be quick to forgive, quick to restore, Lord, because it's already been done, because the work is already finished in John 19.30, Lord. The work is already finished. Ad tumam, ad tumam. Ad to mom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bless you. And if you've never trusted Yeshua today, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered, shall have new life, shall pass from death to life through believing on the Son, Yeshua. Call and say, Lord, save me. Save me. Come into my life right now. Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm returning to you. Lord, maybe I've been far away from you. I'm coming to you now. I want to come back to you, Lord. I want to come back, Lord. Restore me. Restore me. He will, he will do it right now. He will do it. Let us know. Contact us. There'll be someone here. If you're here physically this morning, come, come up and pray with someone after service. Vyasem lecha shalom. Vishem Yeshua hamashiach sar ha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you his shalom. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.